Welcome to Annie's Pink Chair, where we bring real, raw, relevant issues to the table with solutions, with wit and wisdom. And I am just over the moon excited today, you guys. You guys have to celebrate with me. I have a friend in the audience that is just an incredible person. He's a man of God, and he pro-athlete. So my friend here today is Vance Johnson from the Denver Broncos. Vance! All right, how are you doing Yay, here? I'm so glad you're here. My goodness, you remind me of the fans in the stands. Thank I know, you so much. I know. I love football anyway. <laughs> I used to bet on football. I'm going to be honest. It was one of my vices, but um, I'm just so incredibly honored that you are here today, and I know I gave you a really short notice. But that's okay. You know why? Because I've anticipated this, and you were such a wonderful person Aww. that I was just so honored that you even asked, so I kind of pushed everything aside to be on your show. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, it means so much. So I just love, you know, your story. And a lot of people might know it, but not really know it. Because I know you were on Oprah one time. Yeah. And that got blown out of proportion, right? Uh-huh. So can you just tell us, you know, briefly, what brought you to football, obviously? And then what happened after that? Well, quickly, you know, I'm a man in recovery. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what brought me to sports was this. I actually, as a child, grew up around a lot of domestic issues, mm-hmm. uh, being from the Northeast up in Jersey, and a mother that was beat on, uh, a father that was a gang member who had faced prison time if he didn't join the service. And so when I got old enough to see the trauma that was happening inside of the house, well, drama, and I was involved yeah. in traumatized. Trauma too, right. Yes. So then I decided that my identity, even though I was a believer and went to mm-hmm. church with my mom and dad showed up only on the holidays, I felt like my identity had to be something that was achieved rather than received. Right. And right. so that's how I got involved in sports as a kid. And when I got involved in sports and I would win races, people would start clapping. And you should saw the, oh my the adrenaline that came through my body. Yeah, 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 and yeah. so then to me, the more people cheered for me, the more I felt like I had worth. Yeah, yeah. To the point where when I got to even high school, I was one of the best, best athletes in the country and even represented the United States of America in the Pan American Games. And I won the gold medal for wow, America. Wow, you have a gold medal? Yes. I didn't know that. I won the gold medal for America in the long jump wow. when I participated in track and field, uh, even coming out of high school. So, so then you got you know, steered towards football because yeah. obviously you're like, you know, your worth and value is your, your ability. Right. You know, and obviously you got cheered in, the, in like, how could you turn down people cheering for you? That's so incredible because it does make you feel good. Yeah. And we know it's temporary, but it just gives you like this push. Like, obviously your dad wasn't around. So now, uh, did you get recruited for football or did you go after that sport? Well, interesting enough, my father was around mm-hmm. and because he was one of my first coaches when I was a child. Oh, he was? Yes. And what I noticed was, and many of your viewers might be able to relate with this, you play a a role inside of your home. Well, whenever I made touchdowns Mm -hmm. or whenever I I won races, he beat on my mom less. So there was another reason for me to participate in sports and do well. So you noticed that as a little boy? Even as a little boy, because he wanted to go out to the bars and have fun, and Mm -hmm. whether he was having sex with this woman or cheating on my mom with another woman, he was enjoying himself because his son was doing good in sports, and so then he'd show up at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and just go to sleep and then wake up at 6 and go to work. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So then what happened after that? Did you enter college or? Yeah, I entered college, but real quick, I wanted to just preface something real quick. So in my high school years, I would sneak in my dad's room, and because this is going to be a major part of my story. I would sneak in my father's room, I'd go into his closet, and I used to see these magazines. Have you ever heard of a magazine called Hustler? 
Of course. Okay. I mean, Larry Flynn has a strip club in Las Vegas called uh, Hustler. Speaking of Vegas. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> We're in but, Vegas. Yeah. Well, and that's where I got kind of caught up in my little sex addiction that I right. had, too. Even though I wasn't performing it physically, I was performing it emotionally while watching right. these videos right. and going to these magazines. You so. know, I wanted to say something about that. That is really important. And I want everyone on the television right now and everyone watching on the Internet to just note this about sexual addiction. It starts sometimes as a little little child, yes. as a little boy, a little girl, just like with me. And one of the telltale signs in the psychologists say with complex trauma is the lack of love from a parent and, and the lack of touch and just like the, the normal human behavior that we would have as a family, as a unit. When you don't get that from one of your parents, you will lean. Some kids will lean towards sexual excitement because it makes them feel alive. Wow. You know what? And Thank you so much it for that. Makes, it, don't feel guilty about it. Or even, because here's the thing, your, your, your body craves love and affection. Yeah. It's very natural. God designed us to want that. And so when we don't get that from our parent, it, be, it can become sexualized. Well, you know what's interesting? I didn't share that part of my, my problem when I was in treatment. And so you just opened my eyes up to another problem that I had when I was a child yeah. and the reason why I leaned on that. Yeah. So thank you so much. Yeah. I don't blame it, it, myself as much now no, it's because a key. I was a kid. It's a key. Yeah. And, and your brain, Vance, I mean, it's incredible, your story anyway. You have so much to say. So I, I hope we can squish this together somehow. And Let's make pull it, it in. Perfect. All right. So then you, you said you were in the closet and you were looking at porn and you got addicted to women, obviously, yep. and sexual scenes and everything like that. And then what happened? But next? I was a virgin until the day before my 20th birthday. Wow. I was already in college, and I ended up actually having sex with a girlfriend that I started dating. She was a senior in high school. Mm -hmm. My first time out, she got pregnant. <gasps> so her dad asked me to quit football and said, I need you to take care of my daughter and this child that she's going to have. And I said, dude, I got dreams, man. I'm going to be a pro football player. He said, then you can't see my daughter anymore. So you know what I did? I cheated on her. And mm -hmm. that girl got pregnant. So I had two kids <laughs> going through my college career before oh, I even make it to gosh. the NFL, which oh, I never talked wow. about. Wow. Uh, and, you know, eventually when I, when I went through the NFL, I'm sorry, my uh, four years in college, I had a chance to race against uh, Carl Lewis. I beat him in the long jump. Oh, I won Carl the, Lewis. I won the NCAA championship as a freshman in college. Wow. And then I beat, uh, who, was a, who, who was the best wide receiver for the Los Angeles Raiders back in the day? Do you guys remember that guy? <laughs> <laughs> I blew these guys away in the 40 meters. And so I was drafted in the second pick in the second round by the Denver Broncos. Wow, like right away, just like that, Denver Absolutely. Broncos. Yep. So I think Vance Johnson will fit in very well with Denver. It's a position they needed to fill. Vance Johnson, what a catch. Winder is in as Elway rose to the right. Leaping catch by Vance Johnson for a touchdown. The second round draft pick quickly made an impact. That's incredible. I was supposed to be a Raider because the, the L.A. Raiders at the time, the owner, Al Davis, actually mm -hmm. had his team call me and ask if I wanted to be drafted by them. And all of a sudden, the Broncos traded up. And so that's how I became a Bronco instead of a Raider. But I'm excited now that the Raiders are here. I in know. Town. And, you know, it's funny because football is just like business. You're going to grab whatever players you can get, get, get the higher bid and give them a better offer. And they're going to go for that's it. That's exactly obviously, right. That's right? how it works. So, hey, when we come back, I, I want to go into that, your career. Okay. Because I think it's really important to kind of just put a window on what does a player experience as a man, just in general, what happens at the games and what happens after the games. I want to talk about that when we come back, you guys. This is just like over the over the top, like crazy story with Vance. I mean, you guys do not want to miss what he's about to share. It's going to blow your mind. And the best part is 
the story does not end with that. It continues. And you're going to just be blown away about what he's doing now with his life and what he's been doing to help other people that are possibly in the same situation that he once was. See when we get back. Did you know that 20 to 40 million people right now, and it could be more, unreported cases, are being human trafficked right now in the world? You guys, I don't know about you, but that number's way too big. And that's why we have created, as Hookers for Jesus nonprofit, Destiny House, a place where ladies can come and lay their heads, get stabilized, heal from their complex trauma, do equine therapy, artwork, get their own personal trainer, eat right again, get off the drugs, their addictions, deal with all of that, and then finally heal into a whole person. Go to vocational school, go to college, and then get their job, move out, get their own place, and go back into society a completely different person. You see, God has a plan for each and every one of those victims of trafficking, every single one of them, and he loves them. And that's why we do Destiny House. We really, really need your partnership to keep going, to keep our staff paid that watches over them 24-7. Go to hookersforjesus.net, click on donate and become a monthly partner. Thank you so much. Welcome back to Pink Chair. I'm Annie Lobert, and I want to give you a little bit of a headline that Vance just shared with me. Say it, Vance. When I landed in Denver for the first time, when I was drafted by them, when I got off the airplane, I grabbed a newspaper, and my name was on the front of the newspaper. It said, Broncos Advance. And That's the fans awesome. just went crazy. It was just absolutely amazing. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so now you're in Denver, and you're with the Broncos. I mean, what yeah. was that... What was that like? Like, was that like a whole new world for you? Did you feel like you had hit the jackpot or like, well, what, what, what were you feeling yeah. inside? Well, like I said, remember when I first started talking that I was trying to achieve an identity, mm-hmm. I had received my identity. And so here I am now in the NFL and I'm having such an amazing time. I'm the most, you know, well-known Denver Bronco besides John Elway that was there. And as we go through the preseason games, we get to the final preseason game and we're playing against the San Francisco 49ers. And all I have to do is catch a punt at the 10-yard line, and then we go on to the beginning of the season. Well, the problem is this. I dropped the punt. The ball rolls in the end zone, and San Francisco wins the ball game. Oh, my god! That's what my teammates were saying, but they used expletives. <laughs> and they're like, dude, you're going to effing get cut. And I was like, what? They said, you can't drop a punt. So we fly back to Denver. I'm upset. I start thinking about oh, my childhood man. again and how now I'm nobody. So my friends, wow. on the way to the final cut, stopped by a liquor store. That was my first time that I engaged in alcohol, and I loved it. It made me oh feel my, so good. How old were you? I was 22 years old you at the time. You were just a baby. I, I was almost 23. Wow. So that introduced me to alcohol. Then I started having injuries during my career, so I started taking painkillers mm-hmm. and different types of pills. So alcohol and pills, I start smoking weed. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. And in, in, in the meantime, they're not testing you guys, or are they doing spot tests for drugs and alcohol, right? Well, this is a secret. I'm going to let you know, but you know, because NFL stands for not for I long. I didn't hear anything. <laughs> what? <laughs> they only test you one time, and that's during the preseason. Okay. 
And once you come clean, you can use the rest of the year. Or at least that's what it was like back then. Right. And so fortunately, I knew when that was coming up. And so I was always clean enough for two, three weeks until it was time to start mm -hmm, playing mm -hmm. again. And so I lived in my addiction. But believe it or not, I played better when I was high because being a smaller guy, I played reckless and I didn't care if I got hurt. Right. And so people saw the edited version of Vance on the football field. I did really well. And all I cared about was the fame, the fortune and the women just yes. loving me. Yes. We're getting and to I'm the sure women they, thing. Yeah, I'm sure they did. I mean, come on, they're in the stands, they're screaming. They're uh, the, probably all of them are because I remember, I remember football cards, yeah. baseball cards. Probably collecting all your cards, putting your picture on the wall, having fantasies. Like, I want to be with him. Or a lot of the women back then, you already know this, would would try to gold dig and. Yeah. Because the football player's got a lot of money. Can I cut to the chase? Yeah, just cut to the chase. All right. Well, again, since I abandoned my two children and the mm -hmm. two women that I thought I cared about before I got to the NFL, I was so upset that I wanted a relationship. So I literally started to date. I ended up getting married. Do you know, during the early part of my career, I had three women pregnant at the same time. Wow. I had my wife pregnant. I had the girl that I was dating pregnant. And this is going to be a little embarrassing, but I need to be transparent. I had somebody else's wife pregnant. Wow. To this day, I have three sons that are the same age, 34 years old. Wow. From different moms. You know, I just want to assure you, you don't have to be embarrassed because you know what? Everything that you've done is under the blood. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, you know, if it wasn't for God, and we'll get to that part of the story, I called myself a believer back then, but I was living a fleshly life right. because it was all about filling my feelings right. up back then. Right. I would get busted by cops back then. I mean, King David, oh, my he goodness. did that? Absolutely. I mean, you got busted by the cops, you said? I got busted by the cops several times, speeding, high, yeah. drunk, all types of things. But they didn't have social media back then, so I didn't go viral. Did, did, did they send you to jail or did they let you go sometimes? Well, watch this. I got in a car crash going over 100 miles an hour. I was high. The ambulance took me to the hospital. I told the doctors that came in the room I was high and I needed. To, I was scared because I was a Denver Bronco. They pushed me down and hid me by the morgue when the, when the cops came to do a raid on the hospital. Oh, my God. So they hid me. And so it was nine years later, I'm nine, I'm sorry, nine hours later, that they ended up having to bring me out because the cops were going to do something to the hospital. Is that not prophetic? Yes. You're oh being my. hidden in the morgue, near the morgue. Oh, my the goodness. The place of death. I never even thought about that. Getting so close to death and... There's dead bodies in the morgue, obviously. Like, yeah. oh, let's hide them in the morgue. Yeah, and they left me in the hallway where you pushed the bodies in yeah, down there I for nine exactly hours. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. That's what happened So, So what was your... And no you one know, ever heard about it for 10 years. But you can tell. Yes, absolutely. And they actually did a raid on the hospital. Yep. I got arrested for domestic violence with mm -hmm. uh, one of my wives. Mm -hmm. I got domestic... I mean, it was just absolutely out of control during my career. So I can really parallel with a lot that's happening around the NFL right now with a number of ballplayers right. who are struggling. The, the other thing is you said that you played better. This is fascinating. You played better when you were on alcohol and drugs. Now, I know for a fact because I was on alcohol and drugs, but more so um, the, the narcotics yeah. were, my, were my vice. Like, that was my thing. Yeah. And I remember having power. Yes. And my thoughts would be like, I can do anything. Let's go. Exactly. Because, like it, because you weren't afraid to die. It's do, it does something to your brain. Yep. Like, and you just feel invincible. Well, it does something to your brain, but I think it also gives a power to a spirit that you can't control that takes yeah. over your body. Yeah, it's we can called get into that in another pharmacia. show. There you go. <laughs> so, so you, how did this all, like, did it, did it come, um, obviously you've got all these different things, car crashes and, and the cops are after you and you're high and you're drunk and you're chasing women, you're getting people pregnant. And then all of a sudden, what happened? I mean, like, what, what is, was there a point where you were like, I got to stop this? Because I know you went on Oprah. Yeah. 
and admitted that you hit your wife yes. and whatever. Yep. And I, I don't want you to feel any shame about that because. I have no shame because yeah. that man had to die. So I yeah, had to expose him. Absolutely. I had to expose him. He needed to be put in that place where the light was put on him yeah. and that God could say, I'm going to redeem that man right yeah. now. That's my son. That's yeah, my royal priesthood right there in the flesh. And I'm going to bless him because he's being honest and he's confessing in front of the whole world. Vance, the whole world. This really gets me emotional. The whole world heard your confession. Yes. And back then, everybody was watching Oprah. Yes, they were. And I put myself on across literally because I didn't want any of my sons to put their hands on any woman because that's what I grew up around and it's all I knew and so to me that was who you are and so I went on the Oprah Winfrey show and just confessed that I was abusive and I made a public apology to the millions that were watching to my wife and she didn't accept that apology and unfortunately that affected me too yeah and so then I got involved in more relationships right. I came out here to Las Vegas and I got married four times in Las Vegas Whoa. Four well, different I times. I mean, you could do that. Vegas is a quick wedding spot. You can get your license really fast. It cost me $7 to get married. Yeah. And several million to get it's divorced. It's more now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. That's not good. Okay, listen. When we come back, let's finish. Let's finish everything. And I want to, I really want to lean into what you're doing now, but let's, let's find out what God did. You guys, again, like I said, this is a movie. Like, someone needs to do a movie on this guy. Are you guys hearing me out there? Like, a, probably like a series, like a total series, like eight part or 10, whatever it is, because there's so many details to a story. And, and it, you know what, you guys, Vance's life is a testimony and a trophy. You know, he got a gold medal, but this is a gold medal for Jesus. Amen. And look what God is doing with this man. God. I cannot wait to come back and tell you the rest and have him share. There is a myth about human trafficking. And it's this, traffickers target victims they don't know. Myth. The truth is, many survivors have been trafficked by romantic partners, including spouses, family members, including the parents. That is just absolutely ludicrous and disgusting. But you know, you guys, there's an answer for that. There's one person that I know that you might know that set me free from trafficking. And I talk about this person in my book, Fallen Out of the Sex Industry and Into the Arms of the Savior. Of course, the Savior is Jesus. And this brings you into the journey from start to finish of where I was as a lost little girl into the teenage years into trafficking and then ultimately redemption. Redemption, 2003 and what God's doing now in my life with Destiny House. Go to hookersforjesus.net and you can order it there. Thank you. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Annie's Pink Chair. And again, we have Vance Johnson in our studio. And Vance, I, I just, we were just talking earlier, we can't get everything in, yeah. but let's try to hone down what happened to you and talk about that. Well, let me say this. I wanna let people know that your transparency will be your transformation and somebody else's. That's good. Say that again. Your transparency is your transformation your and someone else's. Transparency is your transformation. Absolutely. I love that. And so at the end of my career, I walked away. I didn't retire. I just walked away. And unfortunately, when I fell off of that identity, I leaned on addiction really heavily. Even though I had apologized to my ex-wife and to all those other women who I was emotionally and physically abusive with, mm -hmm. I 
didn't have my identity still. And so I started using even more because I was nobody. So, you know, I literally for a few years used myself into a coma. I called my mom. They ended up rushing me to the hospital. I fell before at the hospital on the ground into a coma. And that was because a year or two prior to that, one of my sons reached out to borrow my car and couldn't get a hold of me. And he ended up taking this motorcycle and he got killed. <gasps> oh my God. It was my fault that my son died. Mm. Because a good father would have answered the phone. Instead, I was chasing women, having sex, using drugs. And so for two years, I just drank and used myself into a coma. Yeah. So in that coma for 28 days, I literally had outer body experiences. And we, you don't have enough time in your show. Yeah. But I can prove it. Tell because us one. People, okay, okay. Well, two of my ex-wives came to say their goodbyes. And two pastors came to pray over me during my coma. And believe it or not, when I woke up 28 days later after they pulled the plug on me because they said his body was shutting down and he was dying and he wasn't going to wake up, mm -hmm. I told my mother and the doctors and nurses that I saw these people and they were like, what are you talking about, Vance? You were in a coma. And I said, were they here? They said, yes. Those exact people came to say their goodbyes to you. Wow. There's more to the story. But with that, I knew that there was another world besides the world that we were living in in our flesh. And to me, I noticed that I saw these dark shadows walking into my room. Yeah, yeah. Do you know those were the demons that yes. were housed inside of me? Yes, yes. And so when I got out of the hospital and I started to drive again, I was crying and screaming in the canyon one day for God to help me. And I didn't even know this, but in Hebrews 5, 7, it said when Jesus Christ was here in his flesh, he cried out to the one that could save him from death. And it says he was heard because of his reverence. I was so reverent in my crying out to yeah. God to help me with my addiction yeah, yeah. that my seventh ex-wife at the time reached out to the NFL. They paid for me to fly out to Florida and I went to Florida for 28 days, yeah. 28 days in a coma, 28 days in treatment. And the only thing I did was I yielded myself to Christ. Yeah. I listened to the stories and I started to realize that the only reason why I got famous in life is so that I could have a mighty fall so God would strip everything away from me right. so then he could use me. Yeah. To glorify him and lead those who are out there struggling to the truth so they can be free from the bondage of all different types of addictions right. and know that Christ is our Savior. Yeah, he is. That, that is, is so beautiful, Vance. Yeah. I, I really like that you said 28 and 28. What does that mean to you? It, it was just ironic. I didn't even start realizing the 28, 28 until after three or four years being clean. Right, right. That it was so synonymous that it, I was 28 days in a coma and 28 it days in treatment. Isn't? Isn't Deuteronomy 28 talk about the blessings? Oh my and the gosh. The cursings? Come on, preach at me now. No, I'm not Praise sure. It doesn't like, <laughs> all through the scripture not, talk, <laughs> all through the scripture talks about it. I mean, it, it's the year of the voice. Yes. It's like it's so incredible yeah. and I get teary-eyed because I think about myself and I see you and your story and your life how it's played out and what God is doing now. So 2828 and you literally after that, when you went down to Florida, what happened? Well, when I went down to Florida, I went into treatment. I start listening to the stories and I start realizing that many people who suffer with addiction, I don't care whether you're famous or whether you're homeless, we all have a lot of underlying issues that we have to cope with. So mental illness is real. And that's the reason why I promised God when I was standing outside one day and said, Lord, I'm going to go around this world and I'm going to share hope in Christ yeah. and recovery to every believer. I'm going to break stigma. People have the power of self-control. Yes. No one's just going to lay hands on you. You're not going to be clean. Yes. You have to die to your flesh in a way yeah. that you can know that this is your testimony. Right. This is your testimony. Right. If you didn't have a testimony in life and you suffer with an addiction and you suffer with sex addiction or drugs or alcohol mm -hmm. and now you're free from it, what are you going to do with it? 
That's right. your testimony to go yeah. share hope. Yeah, don't leave it in the closet. Like, Amen. open up the closet, let the bones dance. Let That's them exactly dance right. if they, they fall out. Who cares? Is Ezekiel, yeah. the bones the bones lived. And That's so right. your story lives. And the other thing I was going to say was um, when you were talking about being there 28 days and then surrendering your life and being, you know, you said the self-control thing. Yeah. Now, I want to I wanna just tell you about, you know, the childhood brain, because I study a lot about brain and traumatic injuries okay. and also mental health injuries. Yes. So complex trauma starts so young. And I, I really, I see that you had that. Yes. And those underlying issues you're talking about, yeah. those demons coming after you, I mean, they, they were there to take out your life. S- suicide attempt. Wow. Show that to the camera. See if you can, that's your camera right there. That was a failed suicide attempt. Wow. So... It, the good thing is, Vance, is you are doing something that is now that is just, it blows my mind. Because we need rehabs. We need a place for people to come to feel safe, to get stabilized while they're getting off their drugs. And we also need a Christian perspective. Awesome. We need to bring God in there. And tell us what you're doing here in Vegas I'll, right now. Let me share that. <laughs> The prodigal son has come home. That's right. Amen. The prodigal son has come home. I've opened up the Vance Johnson Recovery Center right here in Las Vegas. And I pick people up from the airport. I go pick them up to detox. I'll go do interventions at their house. If you have a loved one that is in need of help, you can reach out to, them, to me on my Facebook page. Or you can contact my, my football number, 888, the number 82, oh, 888-82. Vance. Wow. You call me and I'll be there. I just okay. want to help people. And so that's the reason why I came back to Las Vegas to open up the Vance Johnson Recovery Center. I'm doing a lot of work with the Las Vegas Raiders mm-hmm. and uh, Randall Cunningham, a former professional oh, football great. player. He's great. He's my pastor at the church. Yeah. And so I'm here to just share hope. What's the name of the church? Uh, his church. I go to so many of them. I think it's Cornerstone. Yeah, I, I yeah. can't remember the name. Of it. <laughs> hi, Randall. I hope you're not watching this. Remnant. Are, hi. I'm sorry. Yeah, Remnant. Remnant that's Ministries. It, that's it. Remnant Ministries. He's incredible. And yes, his wife, is. Felicity, they're amazing they are people. Amazing. Yes, they are. Uh, I went to their church a couple times and I spoke at one of her events she had a long time ago, but I just thought they were just the most genuine couple. I yeah. was like, wow. And Randall calls me all the time, so yeah. it's just amazing. He's just there to really help. He's already sent people over to me to help as well. So, and, and I love that. Now, now the, the, the place where it is, it used to be. A travel lodge, didn't it? Uh, you know, it's interesting. I'm not real familiar with. Uh, I know it's in a I location. Used to go and call their pants. I know it's a location <laughs> where they did some things. But you know what? Okay. What did God say? What the enemy means for That's evil, right. God means we're for good. We're meeting here for a purpose. Come on to the Vance Johnson Recovery so, Center. I'm so excited because we're going to be able to send ladies because we, you know, what we yeah. do. We work at the Destiny House, and yeah. we often don't have places to send them when yeah. they're getting off their their deep end of drugs, either heroin or methamphetamine. Right. Yeah. They need to get at least a week or or two weeks clean or 30 days clean. We want them to be clean before they come into Destiny House. So Absolutely. So I, we'll be sending people your way. And yeah. I do devotionals with people just about That's every awesome. day once we start. Um, and th- what is is there a website for the Recovery Center yeah. right now? If you just want to go to the Vance Johnson Recovery Center.com. Okay. Yeah. And so do you have plans to... Uh, open up other recovery centers you know, after this one? Are you a prophetess or something? Because I don't know. I had someone text me just yesterday morning and said, Vance, that she was praying that God's going to open up more Vance Johnson centers around the country. Because we need them. And I hadn't heard that, except you're the second time. And I know we, you guys don't know each other. She's in Florida. So now, thank you so much for that. Okay, and I love, now this is what I love about you, Vance, because you're so honest and so real. And like you said, transparent. Yeah. But what I love is that you are a survivor. Praise God. Thriver. Amen. And when someone starts an organization 
um, stemming from their own personal triumph yeah. that they broke through, so many more people that are stuck in that dark tunnel can see that light. That's right. I want you to tell the camera, your camera's right there, what would you say to someone stuck in addiction right now? What, 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 where's their hope lie? Your hope's gonna lie in your transparency. You really need to reach out to someone that can understand what you're going through and know that you don't wanna hide behind it because if you had a testimony, this is gonna be your way to go out and offer hope to somebody else who's struggling. And don't get me wrong, it's a long road to recovery. It's for a lifetime. But what you have right now, by using your transparency to allow your transformation to be somebody else's, reach out and break stigma. I'm begging you to, just like I did. You're going to save someone's life. And prayerfully, you'll lead them to the Lord and say, with Jesus Christ. Let me preface it. There are yes. many roads to recovery, but this is about eternity because I'll tell you what, this is just a dressing room for eternity on this life. That's right. And Vance, God bless you. God bless you. We're going to be praying for you, and we can't wait to see what else God's going to do with Thank you. Thank you, sister. Amen. So we'll see you next time on The Pink Chair.